Good evening, Patriots. And it is Sunday, March 12th, and it's definitely Monday on the East Coast right now. Late night, 2300 hours or 11 o'clock on the West Coast. And thank you all for coming tonight. It's a late show. I've been running around all day. Uh, went up to the uh, Grass Valley Church, which is about an hour east of Yuba City. And had a great time up there with just a wonderful, another extension of, of uh, Valley Grove Church. Great people. I'm going to talk about it here in a minute. A lot of cool stuff this whole week and so forth. Uh, one thing just to keep in mind is sleep, which is kind of on my mind tonight because there's not going to be a lot of it because I'm going to drive home early. But one of the best ways to get sleep, obviously, is having great products. And the great best product out there right now is literally the new MyPillow 2.0. So you want to head on over to MyPillow 2.0 You want to or MyPillow.com. You want to check it out. Matter of fact, I think we have a message here. Let me see if I have it. Uh, do we have a message from Mike Lindell? I think we do. Let me see if this is it. Nope, that's not it. So we're not going to listen to that right now. That was something else. So anyway, one thing you want to do is get on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. You can check it out. It's the new MyPillow 2.0. Fantastic product. Um, you won't be disappointed. It's got a heat regulating thread in it that's developed here in the United States. And I have I have a bunch of them now at the house. Fantastic product. It sleeps a very comfortable sleep. Great thing you need for anything in, in your home, literally. Any bed, any place you put your head down, get a MyPillow 2.0. And they're on sale right now, of course. Buy one, get one free. They've also now introduced the new topper for your mattress with the same thread. So that's another fantastic product. So you can find all of that at mypillow.com forward slash bards. Use your promo code bards. You won't be disappointed. Of course, every dollar you spend with MyPillow ensures that it's going to be going towards the fight for liberty, which is so amazingly important these days. But again, head on over to mypillow.com forward slash bards. Check out the new MyPillow 2.0 and the new mattress topper. And you're going to be super thrilled with both of those with this new heat regulating thread. Definitely something to upgrade your sleep to a whole new level and ensure that you get a great night's sleep. So mypillow.com forward slash bards, promo code bards, B-A-R-D-S. Lots of revelations this week, as, as always seems to be the case when I get to Sunday night, which is, I think that's just the way God works and, and is kind of gearing for this show. I want to start with is just what happened just a little bit ago. And so I'm, I'm coming back. I've, I needed to get gas and then I swung over to pick up some bone broth at the Rayleigh's near, right near the gas station. But that's not, that's just a stop. But I had a tight window. I was running about 30 minutes to get all that done and to get back to the hotel as I was, I still hadn't been back to the hotel yet since this morning. So I pulled into the gas station, little speedway, about, I don't know, about three quarters of a mile from the hotel. And I pulled in. And as I pulled in, I see all the, the kind of the homeless camp that's sprung up alongside of the, in the edge of the speed, speedway and against the building of another little strip mall right there. And I, as I started to gas up the truck, I see one of the homeless guys coming to me. And it's, it's wet tonight. It's cold tonight. Um, 
when I say that it's the in in this part of the country when we put rain, it doesn't have to be freezing. So I think the temperature is probably down around 45, 48 degrees. But when you get rain, it wicks the body heat out of you. And I was just kind of scanning over there, and it was a pretty gnarly looking little homeless camp. Typical type stuff, uh, shopping carts and filled filled full of stuff. And there's two guys kind of rolling around, and and I'm and I'm. There's no fear, but you always got to be a little bit alert. You just don't know exactly what's going to go on. One of the guys comes walking up to me. He's like, "Hey, hey, can I, can I, borrow, beg you for a bit of change because I got to get some cigarettes?" And, and my first response just was, "No." He's like, "All right, well, thank you, man. I appreciate it." And God hits me right. Just, I, it was more than a nudge. He's like, "You're not doing this." So I got the. I got the gas going in the in the Jeep, shut the door, walked over to him. I said, hey, guys, and now there's two of them. I said, what type of cigarettes do you smoke? He says, well, we, we smoke Marlboro shorts. I don't know cigarettes. So I went inside and I bought a carton, which let me tell you, I am glad I don't smoke because that's I was stunned at how expensive cigarettes are. I don't buy cigarettes. So that carton was $100. It's not the money, and it's none of that because God provides whatever we need. But it was just the principle of the cost and and just the whole thing there. I mean, because obviously, if you have if you haven't been around people that deal with nicotine withdrawals, it can be pretty rough, and it can also also lead. Nicotine is one of those things that can supplant for drugs or lead people to drugs. But either way, I don't care. That's what these guys wanted. So I came back out and I brought him a carton and the two of them stood there just stunned and they're like, you bought us a carton? I said, yeah, I just, I hope this helps. And I said, well, can I pray for you? And they said, yeah, we can pray for police. And so they came right up and we prayed and I just prayed for, you know, God to keep them strong and, and get through this time to really seek Jesus and this whole peace and to really stay true to Christ in their walk, no matter how challenging their life is. And I'm thinking that's about it. And one of the guys says, no, I, I want to pray for you now. Now, you know, <clears throat> I, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what to expect, obviously. And he prays on the most selfless, beautiful prayer. And not only does he do it, but he has been well-schooled in the Bible. And I'm looking at this man who is ragged clothes. He's wearing some sort of slip-on flip-flop type things. It's cold out. His pants are soaked. And he prays a selfless prayer of just asking for God to rain down more blessings on me because of the kindness of my heart to have done an act like that. And, you know, I, you get these moments, and this is why I just... I'm really doing a lot more of this because we have to reach in to each other. We have got to break down our barriers and we just, we literally need to find ways to connect with one another. And we're going to connect to the body of Christ. And when you have an experience like that, which I've had a number of them, but I mean, this is just one of those again tonight that stands out you realize how much we have in common and how 
we aren't so different. But we're so shaped in this world by the way we look, where we live, how we have to live, how we have to survive. Because this is a world, a reckless, ruthless world that wants everybody begging on their knees for a crumb so that the masters of the universe, whatever elite group takes charge of the table, can dole out their little crumbs and make us beg to them or worship them and be at their feet. And I'm, that's not a game I'm going to play. You know, this whole week has been a phenomenal week. I've been through, I had a, you, I've told a little bit of the story this week about the injury on the back of my leg, which was pretty bad. And it, um, it's all that pain in the original place of injury is gone thanks to two healing sessions with a, a massage healer that works here at the church. Tonight I'm at a at the other church and I have two guys come up to me two, at two separate points and they end up being friends. One is a professional chiropractor, the other is a is trained in a sort of energy type chiropractic approach and many things he does. And so the guy that's a chiropractor says, I'd like to get you over to my office. I said, well, I'm with Pastor Dave tonight. I don't know if I can go over. He goes, well, let me talk to him because we're only 10 minutes away. I said, you're, you're talking about right now? He goes, yeah, I want you to come over right now. I want to treat you. So Pastor Dave, he talks to Pastor Dave because he wants to work on Pastor Dave's neck. And he doesn't know Pastor Dave's history. Pastor Dave broke his neck at one point. And so he's looking at posture. And he's looking at me. He's going, your, your problem is your hips. And again, I he just saw me for like, five minutes walking up in front of everybody and he's dead on because that's where the pain is now. And so after church, we go over to his, his office. He just walks us in. I do a, he does an adjustment on me, which it feels amazing. Does an adjustment on pastor Dave. He feels amazing. The other guy does his work to send us some energy alignment work. It helps. Does the same on pastor Dave. And we're just hugs and just like, bless you both. We're just so happy. I mean, we're, we're starting to see the evolution here of kingdom thinking and kingdom economy. And it is really amazing how powerful this world becomes when we start to treat each other with such grace and kindness. And it's all the center of this is love. And, you know, we're dealing in a time right now, which is really best defined by the, which is now the old motto of Mossad, which was both ends to the middle by deception we wage war. I think they've got some new motto now, which doesn't matter. It's the core of, their, of that lizard head organization. And the whole idea is that you play both, you play a good and a bad end to the middle. And, and the reason this is important is that right now, I've been doing a, a lot of research and equally a lot of prayer on this. And what we're missing is, and I know I talk politics here and we've, we've, we do this, but as we've gone through this process, what my eyes have really been open to the fact is that if you're on Biden's camp or you're in Trump's camp, when we're there, we're fighting in the plane of Lucifer. Because 
the good cop, bad cop, the the dark, the light, all that garbage, that's a Luciferian game. And so when we start looking at that and then we realize that kingdom is above all of that. God is not about politics. God is not about dark and light. God is all light. Now, we obviously we had the verse, what was all in darkness will be brought to light. Well, that would be everything in Lucifer's realm. But when we're talking about good and bad, dark and light, these sorts of metaphors that are used constantly, especially through the Q movement, ultimately that's a power structure of men. It's not the organization that centers itself around God. It's the, the structures of men. And what we're seeing, obviously, is one side, which is apparently worse than the other side, and they're wanting each one fighting for the loyalty of the people. But I want to read something here, which I think is very relevant. It's more than very relevant. God put this on my heart, and it's been really working through this week to really look at where we stand. And this is Joshua 5, 13 to 15. And this is when Joshua's coming up to Jericho, okay? And it says, Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No. Rather, I indeed come now as captain of the host of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? The captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. This passage as God has placed on my heart is the center point of where we go if we really want to get through this storm unscathed. And the word is no. Because we're not, it's not a place where we try to figure out where to fight. Which is, this is always the ongoing issue that is always, how do I fight? And I hear this a lot. How do I fight? And I've put that to the Lord myself. Lord, where are we fighting? And this is a whole litany of conversations that I've shared with you here since the beginning of the year when the Lord said, you know, who's your enemy? And I was like, I can't answer that. And he's like, build the map. So we're working on that. But more importantly, as we are witnessing in the, in the political realm and in the all these cultural spaces we have across this nation, good and bad are not defined by parties. They're on both sides. Good and bad are not defined by your religious orientation, your political orientation. I mean, we, we see the corruption has gone everywhere because all of those are nested in with this control structure of men. If we say no and stand like the captain of the guard of the Lord, of the host of the Lord of the host, the captain of the Lord of hosts is what I'm trying to say. We're standing in kingdom space. And it's profound when you think about what this passage is telling you because the captain is standing there. 
not associated with for or against. He's standing there as a representative of Father God. And because of that, where he stands is holy ground. And Joshua has to take off his sandals and bow to him. And as I'm working this through, I'm like, my goodness, what would happen if we just all took that position, which we should anyway? It isn't to say that we aren't going to be able to talk truth about politics because it's an information war. It's part of it. But not to engage ourselves in a, in a party or a person or the worship, but to speak truth into this world and speak it from the place where the captain of the guard stood or the captain of the Lord the Lord of hosts. It's a really important piece here because too many are getting wrapped up into what party's going to win. Trump's going to save us. It's still here and it's pervasive. And none of that is ultimately a win. It's just another version of the same old game. And God's bringing in kingdom. It's the kingdom era is where we're heading into. So if we're going to keep trying to go back to rebuilding parties and division, we're failing anyway. We have to be the overcomers and overcome all of this time and to do so with great might and to do so with our alliance on Father. 2 Peter 1, 3-7. 2 Peter 1, 3-7. Seeing his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these who have granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now, for this very reason, also applying all diligence to your faith, supply moral excellence and to your moral excellence, knowledge and in your knowledge, self-control and in your self-control, perseverance and in your perseverance, godliness and in your godliness, brotherly kindness and your brotherly kindness, love. That is a stepping argument that leads us right to the most powerful part of all of this, and it's God's love. Our ability to bring the power and wield the power of God's love in this world is truly going to make the difference in our victory or our submission to slavery. And that challenges all of us at one point or another. It means overcoming. Like tonight, I have an immediate response bias to somebody who's a homeless guy coming up and asking for something when I'm at the gas tank, getting my gas filled up. And I, what I've done is effectively levied a judgment, and I haven't listened to the Lord to guide me. He was harmless. And whatever the root was of me just being rude initially, it wasn't what the Lord wanted. See, this is the thing that we have to open up the waters of heaven to literally flow through us without restriction. Pastor Dave did his whole sermon on this tonight and it was great. And it's really a point where we have to open up 
that flowing of water through us at heavenly, the heavenly rivers of God's gifts to us without restraint. We have to get, find our way back to that old way of listening to him in every step and knowing that he's guiding us, we're not guiding us. And there's a lot of unlearning to do. And the principal difference is that when we are putting ourselves first as spirit, second as body, first as heavenly, second as dirt world, when we invert the reality that we're in, we begin to see the power of what we have and where we can bring that into this world. But we don't start, we don't begin in the spirit for most of what we do. We begin in dirt world, this world, the tangible world. That's not the world we need to start in. And we start to put our ear to God and start really listening to everything he's guiding us to do and understanding how he communicates. God communicates in so many different ways. We have to be able to recognize how he's communicating to us. And if you have questions of whether God's communicating to you, to you, then just ask him. But there's a lot of rigidity and, and poor training in our relationship with God. And as we are working through this to reclaim those positions and strength of hearing his voice, then we're able to walk more purely in this world. This last week, like every week I come down, when I, this is the second time I've been to Isaiah, and when I come down and spend time here at Glad Tidings, there's just a lot of powerful Holy Spirit actions going on down here at this church. I shared with you last night, or I guess it was Friday night, the testimony of this young man who, I don't know what his age is. I say young man, I'm saying he's probably in his 30s. It's not appropriate to say young man, but yeah, 30s or 40s, who two weeks ago, two weeks ago, had had a diagnosis of terminal kidney cancer. A new pastor came to the church that didn't know anything about him and put his hands on him and he prayed and he says, I see that God is going to give you a new body. He has no idea what that meant. Just this last week, he went into the doctor and his doctor struggled with what he was looking at, accused him of witchcraft. He said, there's no witchcraft here. This is Jesus only. The doctor ran a second set of tests, didn't tell him what he was seeing. He says, this isn't right. He said, there's witchery going on here. He was an Indian doctor. The guy says, there's no Indian, there's no witchery anywhere. This is Jesus. The guy says, well, I don't really believe in Jesus. I'm a science guy. Science is science. But he says, I know this. You had stage four cancer. And now your kidneys are purely healed. There's no cancer at all in your body. God gave him a new body. He's had a rough road. He's an alcoholic, struggled with drugs. He's in the recovery program, and now he's been given a new body because he accepted Christ. These sorts of miracles, as we would call them, are becoming increasingly present in our world because God is giving us the tools to do just that. Two years ago at Bars Fest, In which is, well, I guess it's a year and a half ago now, but in our Bards Fest of September or October of, I can't even say the right month, August of 2021, on the third, on the morning of the third day, 
The passage was given to me that I've read many times here, but it's very important, I believe, for us to look at this again through a different lens, and that's Jeremiah 6.16. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. It's the choice. And in seeking back the ancient paths, we're seeking to reach back into that period of time when we were connected with Father, when miracles abounded, not because it was witchery, but because God's presence, the Holy Spirit's presence was here and alive, and because we trusted in that, and because we sought that before we sought anything else. If we look back on COVID, I mean, perhaps we were so shocked at the intensity of the propaganda campaign, but it was really nothing. If you think about it, an attack on us, it was a bunch of retarded doctors and a bunch of stupid media and a despicable and delinquent government that pushed a narrative that said, you have to do this when in fact they had no teeth to make you do it. If the choice was always ours, choose to take it or choose not to take it. For many, those decisions weren't as easy as I'm saying. They were somewhere blackmailed with their children. Others were bent over a barrel with their job. So the battle's done. We did what we did, and now we're left with a body of Christ that's dealing with struggling with a lot of division. As I woke up one morning very boldly, God put in my head these words, can you, can you overcome the vax? And it's an interesting statement because... That puts the question of now that the enemy has done this to you, are you greater in the body of Christ to realize that you can overcome what the enemy gave you to destroy you with? Every one of us should be saying resoundingly, resoundingly, yes, yes, oh God. Because there's nothing that the enemy can do that God cannot overcome. Nothing. We went through the phase of wondering about Shedding. Shedding happens. There's no question. But are we strong enough in Christ to say, it doesn't matter. I will still reach out to my brethren. I will still give him a hug. I will still worship. I will still pray for him. You know, this is, are we so afraid of each other that we can't stop and talk and get a couple guys some cigarettes and then pray together? In that moment, we were in kingdom. There was no difference between any of us. In fact, the prayer given back to me was probably better than the prayer I gave them. The Holy Spirit was there. And that's what's profound is when we pray together, we become equal. As Christ said, there is no difference in us in kingdom. We are all the same. And so we have an obligation to achieve greater, to seek greater. And that's the key word is to seek it. We can't be so programmed to believe that there's all this evil and we can't overcome it. If it's been created, God created it. If it's being used for evil, then if we find a use for good, then use it, even if it's normally used for evil. Crystals are a big thing with witchery. Crystals are a big thing with New Agers. 
So you see a crystal and we judge. We go, oh, that's a new age or they're freaks. Oh, we see this. I met a guy who's a deep Christian who's working on a machine right now built with crystals to amplify God's energy and prayer to heal people. Are we going to cast it out? Most churches would because it's voodoo to them. God created crystals. So why shouldn't we use them? There's so many of these things out here that when we start to realize, even in the spirit realm, if, if you've got black magic going on over here in the spirit realm, and we go, oh my goodness, it's black magic. They're going to throw curses. Who created the spirit realm? The devil didn't. God did. All that means is the tools that they're using in the darkness of the spirit realm, they're using to for darkness. That means there's good ways to use it too. And when we start to open up our real reality to all of this and realize how profound this greatness of our God is, he is all pure light. The deviants are the ones that have tried to pick apart and use these tools inappropriately. And unfortunately, the hearts of men are easily corrupted and are led to the darkness. We don't have to be like that. Not at all. We can see healing. I've witnessed amazing healing on my own body this week on many levels, physical and spiritual. And this week is another week of me using my, myself as a crash test dummy on some of the things that are taught, whether it's deliverance, whether it's prayer and healing and contact, whether it's new devices and, and ways of looking at healing the body through unconventional means. All of those things I put myself through this week. A pain that has been so severe in my leg that I'll be honest, even now, even though it has gotten better, I would spend an hour in the morning just to be able to walk. A muscle that was said to have been cut, not torn, but cut. I could tell you that whole story another time because there was no cut on the skin. And yet two days later, after that session, there's no more pain in that muscle. It's healed. These are things of trusting and using the power of the Holy Spirit to heal us and, and treat us. And to use the gifts that we have at a new level to manifest healing in a profound way. Healing is going to be the center of our success. Because we're not just healing injured, physical injured people. We have to heal the spirit, and we have to heal the soul. There's injuries dark in the spirit realm, traumas. Now, I tell you, it's interesting because if you, if I say these words to most Christians and I say shaman, they're like, whoa, no, 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 none of that here. That's that black magic. I worked with a shaman. He wasn't black magic. He didn't have Christ in him. But I can tell you some of the tools that they did in the spirit realm, I have seen healing, profound healing that could never, I've never seen happen in a church. Do they need Christ? Of course. But I've seen complete transformations of hearts. I've seen in gifts and talents being drawn out of people they didn't know they had. There was a guy a shaman worked with, and I, this shaman I knew worked with, that came to him seeking what he was going to do. He felt he was something inside of him 
and he awakened this gift and talent of being an, a painter, an, a canvas painter, artist. He had never painted before. Within three months, he had his first gallery show, and it was great work. We have to be looking and praying into the Spirit to have God lead us and not restrict what God does. And that's the biggest challenge we have because when we're dealing in dirt world and we're taking sides and we're out here literally trying to take a position and well, this side is going to win and that's going to win. If we don't remember the captain of the Lord of hosts and where he said, no, I'm neither for you or against you. I represent God. That's my paraphrase. If we don't remember that place, we will get sucked in to a ping pong activity that will only drain us down and leave us with a lesser relationship with the spirit and the Holy spirit. But if we're going to step into that place and say, God, I am all yours. I will obey where you put me. And I will represent you in what I do. Now we're into a new game. We're into one of the most powerful places we could possibly be. And that is truly the place of the Holy Spirit working through us and building the strength in the body of Christ. Luke 10, 19. I've read this so many times and it's it's so important to go back to it. Behold, I have given you the authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. Snakes and scorpions, they're not physical beings. They're representations of religious cults that were designed to to destroy and maim the body and the spirit. And yet we've been given authority over that. What does that look like when we have authority over that? One of those tools is deliverance. One of those tools is healing. Heal the sick, cast out the demons. Those two things give you dominion over snakes and scorpions. But it's greater than that because we've been given authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing will injure you. How does that happen? It happens because we put ourselves in the place where the captain of the Lord of hosts stood. I'm not fighting for Trump. I'm not fighting for Biden. In fact, in that space, we can just cast forgiveness out there. Cast a wide net of forgiveness and go, look, I forgive you. I forgive you. Hope you guys, we're going to pray for you to come to Jesus, but we're standing with the Father and we're standing with Jesus. You guys can bat out your stupid political games, but we're standing in kingdom space. And that's where the armor is. That's where our strength is. That's where our loving and forgiving heart is. And that's where we understand truly, purely that the level of justice comes from God's hand, not from ours. Our hand may be the instrument in which it's delivered, but it is God's hand that leads it. And another one of my favorite passages, John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. This is red letter language. And greater works than these he will do, greater than Jesus. He said it himself. That means 
instead of just feeding, I mean, it's just simple examples. That would mean that we could feed 10,000, not just 5,000. That means we could cast out more than legions of demons. That means we could cast out, we could heal more than just what he healed and greater than that. These words mean something and we have to embrace what they mean and own them and trust in them and pray into them and let God guide us how these things are going to be manifest in our world. And that all centers on developing that intimacy with Jesus and with Father God. And where that comes about is stepping away from the dirt world and stepping into the holy kingdom space as the captain of the Lord of hosts stood. We are not of this world. And yet we feel that we are trapped in this world. We argue, we fight with one another, we act and we conduct ourselves as if we are part of this world. But we're not. And when we position ourselves appropriately, and it's positioning is not a hard thing to do, but sometimes the easiest things to accomplish are the most difficult to, to achieve because of all the things we put in our head to tell us that we can't, that it can't be, it shouldn't be, it's not right, it's not there. That's All that's just programming. Cast it aside. Our eyes are on Jesus. We walk by faith, not by sight. Eyes on Christ. And we're opening ourselves up to allow the Holy Spirit to roll through us without hindrance. Tonight, I could have ignored the, the nudge from Father, and I would have missed an amazing opportunity. But I've tuned myself in well enough to know that I'm going to make mistakes, number one. And I, after the show, will pray for repentance and forgiveness for being so judgmental on the front. I will equally pray to Father for the blessings and the, and, and the great thanks I have in my heart that he nudged me. But I've learned to listen to his nudge and respond to it. Sometimes I miss it, but not very often. And when I do, I am so greatly rewarded in ways I can't describe. There was a woman that came to me during the conference, the Isaiah 61 conference. And she's very gifted. She's been all over the world doing stuff. The Holy Spirit uses her in crazy ways. She's done archaeological digs in Israel. She's traveled the world. And she was there and she came up to me. And I will tell you from the start, it, it I started to, I looked at this and I was like, oh man, this is going to be a long conversation. And it was a lengthy one, but not that long. And I started listening to her and she was all over the board on stuff. Talking about one idea or, or what we used to call conspiracies. I can't even call them conspiracies anymore because they're all true these days. One thing to another thing, bouncing back and forth. And I was, I got to this point where I was like, I'm just going to say, look, get to the point and move on. Cause I, I wasn't, I wasn't getting it. And I was just about ready to say that. And the Lord said, no, 
look again and pay attention. And as I did, what I saw around her with this amazing glow around her, and I realized the Holy Spirit was using her. So I just calmed down. I said, okay, let's go. Keep going. Tell me your story. And she did. And she said she had two questions, which ended up not being two questions at all. It was a statement. It was a sharing. Very insightful too, by the way. She said, we're coming, this is the bottom line of it. We're coming to a point we're being led to the Holy Spirit as a world, and we're coming to a point when they're going to open the temple in, in Israel, Jerusalem, and all they're going to show is the slaughter and the blood pouring down from it with all the animals they're going to slaughter. And PETA is going to attack, and it's going to be PETA and other groups that are going to start screaming, hate the Jews. And many Christians will follow. And instead of following and loving those that God loves and pushing away those that God resents, Christians are going to make us flat out judgment that all Jews are bad. And it's going to divide us and we're not going to be overcomers. She said, that's the message God's sending you. You have to get that message out, that we have to be greater. We have to have better discernment. I said, well, it's interesting because I've talked some about this before. She said, and as, and as we had our final words, all of a sudden she just looked at me and she goes, oh, and everything about her demeanor changed. She relaxed. She goes, I've delivered the message. I can go eat my lunch now. And she was a different person. God is pushing people before us to see, to hear, to experience. And if we aren't going to take the risk and to listen to him to try, like the homeless guys tonight, we are not going to experience his blessings. His blessings are in the terms of a bank account. That prayer tonight stuck with me. A man who has nothing is praying for more blessings for me because I bought a pack, a, a carton of cigarettes. I mean, let's be real. That's $100. It's nothing. And that one thing is what they needed right now to keep warm and just to keep it together. And he has the grace to give me a greater blessing back. That's God. And it is so unbelievably humbling when we walk in these places and realize how great our Lord is and how all he's trying to do is bring us together so that we start working as one within the body of Christ. But it takes us, each one of us, to keep pushing. So as we kind of close here tonight, I want to go back to something we talked about about a week ago. And it's the sourdough revolution. I'm going to keep pushing this. The act of going through and making bread naturally with natural yeasts to make a couple of loaves a week and to share it with your neighbor, to share it with a homeless person, to share it with the children, to do something to share to break bread. You know, since I did that show, I must have run into five different people that did not hear the show, knew nothing about 
the story of sourdough revolution. And I start telling about the sourdough revolution and they've picked up their phone or they've they've shown me a picture and they're like, my wife just started making sourdough last week. I just talked to Tara, who's Dave's assistant at the church. And she's like, I just got this thing on my heart to start making sourdough. There's something in this Patriots. God's doing something there. And I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, listen, because Something as simple as sharing and breaking bread is where we break, we literally live, create a living communion with one another. And we need to do this because this time right now is about healing. This time right now is about building bridges. This time right now is about healing hearts through the prayer and the love of Christ. And the blessings we get back are not measurable in a number in your bank account. They're only measured in the wealth that is spewed out upon our hearts that we feel in our whole body system, in our perfect body temple that elevates us and grows us and gives us greater wisdom and appreciation and empathy for others. God's grace is enormous and he loves us all and he wants as many of us as he can to come home. Let's pray. Jesus, we're just grateful tonight for your presence here and the presence of the Holy Spirit that's just living here tonight. And for my own words, as you've heard, just so grateful for the nudge that you gave me in the moment when I was filling up gas to have the experience to share something of need have the experience of praying and have the blessing of a prayer given back by people that shouldn't, had no business from the way we look at the world of doing, of giving such grace, and yet they did. May we all learn from that moment. And Jesus, we just ask right now for the strength of each one of us, the inspiration for each, the courage of each, to step into the world, to reach out across those lines, to go places we don't normally go, to pray for people we wouldn't know, to offer prayer to people that we may just encounter, to do the little things that make a difference in people's lives, even though we may not see the value, it's something essential for them. To truly live in that world where we're standing in the space of kingdom, not in the division and and the back and forth of the Luciferian game, but taking a position where we stand as the captain of the Lord of hosts stood on holy ground because he proclaimed it in the name of God. So Jesus, we just ask for that amazing guidance now for us to realize and the discernment needed to step away from the game, to walk truly with Father God, to walk boldly in such a time like as this with the light your light, the only light in this world to shine through and to bring the many that we can home. Thank you for all that's given. Thank you for the sacrifices made for us to be here in this time. May we never forget the suffering given for the blessings that we've received. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.
It is truly a blessed and amazing time. And we have so much we can do on a daily basis to help move this ball down the court. We each have a responsibility, not just in prayer, but also it's with actions and faith. And it's the small things that win. It's not the big actions. Worry about the small things. Don't worry about the big things. Because the big things are out of our reach, but the small things are those that God's nudging us to do that truly make a difference in a way that we can't necessarily measure, but that we know will make a difference. Because God's telling us we should. And therefore, he knows that it will have significant impact. When you look at all the different things in play right now, and you listen to the stories of the many different things that are going on around the globe, there is a massive raising of the love in Jesus that's happening at a profound level that these nut jobs that are running the world can't control. It's not about if one person's coming back to the White House or not. This is about the rise of the Holy Spirit that ultimately is going to break everything up and return to a kingdom world where our love in him will be the guiding light of all things we do. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is truly with us. And he's never going to forsake us. And he will always win. Yet we are here in this time and this place because he loves us. He needs us. And it's for just such a time as this. So, occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, wait.
chasing mountains I can't climb. Holding out for heroes in the night. I find myself here in the dark. We learn to fight and learn who we are. But I am raised up to face the stars full of light. And we are. Sometimes it takes all you got to 